Yo guys, it's Maddox here. This is episode 14 with all the body, 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 body. Peace out. Hey, 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 gorgeous. What is up? It's been a fat minute since I dropped in and did a podcast. It's actually been a couple of weeks. And to be, to be, spit it out, woman. To be completely honest, um, I've been in procrastination. I was trying to get it perfect. I wanted the ultimate subject to feel real and raw and I just wasn't feeling it. So I just kept putting it off rather than allowing myself to practice what I preach and sit in some sort of space for myself to be able to access what needed to come through to share with you beautiful people. I didn't, I just distracted, procrastinated and put the fucking shit off. And I call that being human as fuck. And I pivoted and pulled myself out of that. And here I am. Here I am. I could have easily just gone, fuck the podcast. But I don't want to. I love doing this podcast. But I just want to be really real with you guys. Because there's no point in me making some bullshit excuse up. I'm just going to tell you how it is. That's what happened. And I talk about procrastination in another episode on the Rebel Unique podcast. So go back and have a listen to that. Because it's really interesting what comes up in that and all of the things. But I'm not here to talk about procrastination today and my own uh, delays <laughs> and uh, distractions. I'm here to talk about body love, body image, loving that beautiful body of yours because it is the real deal when it comes to us women. I have not met one woman ever of all ages, all shapes and sizes in all my different experiences in life that has not had a challenge with loving their bodies. It is something all of us experience. And before I go into my own journey with with how this affected me, and if you can resonate with that story, I just want to say there's a reason for that, guys. And I'll go into this more after my story with some uh, awareness, tips, ideas, etc. for you to shift your body image and how you love that amazing body that you live in. But I just want to say that it's no coincidence that all of us women, like, and I literally mean all, all of us women have experienced this. Why do you think that is? We're not special. You're not special. I'm not special in my body image issues. We've all experienced this at some point in our lives in some way, shape or form. And it shows up in so many different ways. But that is because we have been led to believe from media, from society, from different forms from parents, from religion, from uh, societal standards, from belief systems, from all the stuff that's been incoming up until this point, we've led to believe that beautiful only looks a certain way. You're not beautiful, attractive, sexy unless you look a certain way. And we've been trying to keep up with that trend because it is a trend. Body shapes and body love and, and the ideal body, and I'm doing air quotes, ideal body, Looks different over time. It used to be skinny, like the model skinny. If anyone remembers Kate Moss, it used to be the Kate Moss body when she was a, um, I think she was a model for, um, I can't remember the, can't remember who she was, doesn't matter. She was a model, she was a supermodel and everyone was like wanting a Kate Moss body with the protruding hips and the rib cage and you could see it all and was really, really lean. And then came in the voluptuous body, big boobs, potentially boob job, um, booty, tiny little waist, 
it was almost like a Pamela Anderson look. If anyone remembers Pamela Anderson from Baywatch, I'll speak about her soon too because she was certainly an influential body shape in my life. That was the body. Then came the athletic body, the lean, cut, toned, taut, fit, strong, six-pack looking body. And now it's the uh, Kardashian type of body with the big booty. Everyone wants bigger booties and bigger lips and bigger, 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 bigger. It changes, guys. And it also changes according to cultures, different cultures and what they deem as beautiful is completely different in different countries. Some cultures believe that women like African cultures, the African culture, most men in Africa like women who are um, more robust, have more fat on their body because they are seen as being fertile. They are seen as being more um, rich because they can afford food. They are seen as being healthier. Like that's how women are seen in that country, in that culture. And then there's other cultures that see women with light skin, like really pale skin as beauty. Some women see tan skin and dark skin as beauty. It's, it all varies. Different, different hair. Like even some women have um, hair that is like underarm hair is is beautiful or hair on your face is beautiful like it's all different guys it honestly there is so many different versions of what a beautiful woman looks like and here we are trying to conform to all these different trends in our current culture in our current country wherever we reside and fit into that and i'm just here to say fuck that fuck fitting in like seriously are we really going to invest well, not even invest are we really going to waste our lives trying to fit into this ideal look of what beauty is like no 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 we're not beautiful is when we declare it and I want you to also make the distinction between attractive and beautiful because a woman can be attractive physically but if her personality sucks and she's a toxic has toxic behaviors and just blurs just or, or even if she's really insecure that that attractiveness fades you have to be a beautiful person from the inside to be beautiful I mean, our mums, my mum used to always say, beauty's on the inside, Ingrid. And I used to be like, whatever, mum, you don't get it. My hair has to look like this and I can't wear something different because everyone's wearing this brand and this type of pants and this type of shirt and I've got to get these shoes and whatever, mum. I can't do that, but I'll stand out and I'll get teased and ostracised. Like, that's our fear. That is our fear. And that fear comes from, I'm, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but... And I do actually have a couple of bullet points in front of me and I'm not talking about any of them, guys. I'm just going off on a little tangent. There is a primal tribal element of us from our history because when tribes existed across the globe in different ways, shapes, and it may come if you believe in past lives, it may come from a past life experience. When tribes existed, if you weren't part of that tribe, you were basically dead. Because without the tribe, you were sent off into the jungle or the forest or wherever and your survival was at stake. So you did your best to stay in the tribe, that fitting in, that belonging, like don't do anything to go against the tribe, otherwise out you go. That still exists. That element of trying to fit in and belong still exists. Like you think about it, really think about that. Why am I trying to fit in so badly? Because I actually feel like if I'm ostracized or left out or told that I don't belong, that it feels it, it's like it's an immense amount of fear, isn't it? It's a crazy amount of fear. And it's not real fear. It's perceived fear because you're not going to die. You're not being sh- shunned out into the 
Aren't you going to the bushes, mosey off into the jungle, face off with the jungle cats and the spiders that eat fucking babies and the bloody snakes that look at you when you die? Like, off you go. (laughs) That's not how it is anymore. But that instinct within us, that survival mode within us still exists. And that's basically the whole body image thing. It's about survival and I'm going to go into that a lot. So, strap yourself in. Let's do this body image thing. Oh my God, that rhymed. So I'm just going to speak a little bit about my body image journey because I'm sure I've been through many different versions of it and I just want to share it in case you guys resonate with it. For me, my earliest memory of hating on my body or not feeling like my body was enough or wanting to change it was in high school. I don't really remember primary school. I was always athletic and just was worried about running and long jump and that sort of thing. I don't really remember thinking, oh my God, my body needs to be different. I do remember it in high school though. It started probably in maybe, probably start of high school. And it got worse as high school went on. Because the popular girls, the girls that the guys liked, the girls that everyone wanted to be, the girls wanted to be them and the boys wanted to be with them. Those type of girls looked a certain way and I didn't look like that. My body is um, quite boyish, like it's been described as that numerous amount of times. It's quite square. I don't have big hips or a tiny waist. It's sort of, they're, they're the same. Um, I don't have big boobs. I don't have a big butt. I don't have any of that stuff. It's kind of just, a, I'm just a little block. I'm just a little block with feet. It's pretty much me. But it was, I became very conscious of this, especially when it was brought to my attention. I had girls in my year say to me, oh, you've got such a weird body, Ingrid. You're so weird, weird body. Oh my God. And I decided that skinny was sexy. And I remember the Kate Moss um, element of that coming in also. But I I didn't really aspire to Kate Moss. I aspired to... um, Hang on, I'm just going to close my door because my crazy teenage son has decided to put his gangster friggin' rap music on as loud as he possibly can. Of course he has! I aspired to Pamela Anderson. Now, if you guys don't know Pamela Anderson, if if that's like way before your time, (laughs) Google her. When she was in her Baywatch days, she had these massive breasts that were um, artificially enhanced, tiny little flat stomach and waist, like teeny tiny, beautiful hips and butt, long blonde hair. And I was like, oh, I'm so going to get a boob job when I'm older. And I just, my waist doesn't look like that. So I had this belief that if I could get skinny, my waist would look tinier and I could look like that. So I embarked on this journey. I always did like my girlfriend and I was trying some new diet or thing or restriction this. I remember all of it. But I remember hitting a point where I was just like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm just not going to eat. So what I would do, I think I was about, um, I was probably about 17, I think at this point. Because I remember still experiencing this going into like year 12 even. I can't remember exactly. Say between 15 and 17 roundabouts. But it sort of merged in and got, you know, I got more strict on myself and more strict on myself and started this exercise obsession, always exercising. And it was always around my waist. I remember my mum ordered this. It was like a disc. It was like, just imagine a circle and then on top of another circle and you used to stand on it and you used to twist. And my whole idea was like, get tiny waist, get tiny waist. And the ab rocker, I had that, like every, anything. Like I thought spot training existed. Back then, it doesn't, guys, spot training doesn't work, just FYI. (laughs) Uh, I thought that existed, and my my pure goal was to make my tummy flat and my waist tinier so then I could fit in. 
Um, and all those different diets and trials. And I even chewed, I remember chewing up mint slices. They used to be my favorite biscuits. And like, mmm, delicious. And then spitting them out. Because I didn't want to take on the calories. I watched my mum do Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers. Um, she was always like weighing herself. I would weigh myself every single morning. I'd make sure I'd get up, get undressed, get naked. Gotta get naked. Those pajamas weigh a fucking ton, guys. And do a wee because that wee is also quite heavy. Like you don't want that shit on the scales. And on the scales I'd get. And I'd try and like I always like if I can be 55 kilos, I'm happy. I'm happy. If I, I remember being miserable at 57 kilos. I remember the scales went up and I was like, oh, what? And I, at that time not understanding that muscle weighs more than fat and takes up less room in the body. And I was starting to develop muscle tone from all the exercise. But anywho, I got to the point... 15, 16, probably 16, let's say 16, where I decided all the strictness wasn't strict enough and I was going to be even more strict on myself. So at the time, I didn't label anorexia, but it 100% was. I was still eating, but it was controlled eating and I was lying about food that I ate. So this is what my day would look like. Black coffee of a morning. That was it. Just black coffee. That's all I'd have for breakfast. For lunch, I would pack um, Woolies, Woolworths used to make these like massive damper bun things where you could just peel a part off of, off of it and take that. And they were really tasty, delicious. I actually think they still make them. But I used to peel off a part of that and take that. That would be my lunch. And I may take grapes or a banana or something like that. Dinner, rarely to never have dinner. If I did have dinner, it would just be some steamed vegetables. And if I didn't want to eat, I'd come home late and tell mum I'd eaten at a friend's house. Or I had my leftover lunch or whatever. Because I was packing my own lunch. So mum had no idea. And I was getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And anytime somebody said to me, Oh my God, Ingrid, you lost so much weight. You look so skinny. I'd be like, yes. Yes. This is working. I feel good. It feels like a compliment. Um, I was waiting to see bones. Like seeing, seeing my wrist bone, being able to wrap my fingers around my wrist was a goal. Being able to get my hands around my knee, like my thigh above my knee was a goal. Hashtag goals, people. It's, that's where I was at. And I can't remember what pulled me out of it, but I pulled myself out of it. I was probably like that for, I don't even remember, guys, to be honest. Maybe intensely from memory, maybe a year. And then it sort of tapered off. But the obsession with food, even though I began eating again, the obsession with food stuck around. And so we're talking like I was 18 by this point. It stuck around. And the exercise obsession, the body obsession stuck around. So 18, it stuck around until probably like at an intense point to probably four years ago is when it started to actually dissipate. So I'm nearly 40 now. So that's, what's that, 36. So that's a good like nearly 20 years it stuck around. So that's in a crazy amount of time to be obsessing about my body. And you guys do this too in one shape, one shape or one way, shape or form. Whether it's calorie counting or excessive exercise or diet after diet. And none of them work because it's not fixing or not fixing. I shouldn't say fix. It's not supporting the actual issue which I'm going to get to. So uh, exercise obsession kicked in. I was running. I was riding. Still not eating a lot. Obviously exercising too much. I remember passing out one day on a bike ride. I stopped at a girlfriend's house to get a drink from the tap. Passed out. Next thing I knew, her mum's like over me going, Ingrid, Ingrid, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just dehydrated. I knew I wasn't dehydrated. I hadn't eaten enough. Um, then from there, 
I think I relaxed it a little bit, but it was always in the back of my mind. The guilt of eating something or feeling any part of my body gets like soft or the guilt was there, even if I, my body did have, was holding more fat at the time, like more fat for me. And I remember um, then I started working at a gym. I started in the fitness industry as an instructor and personal trainer. And then my exercise, my love for exercise just blew up. It got, became an obsession, like obsessed. And I wanted to fit in with the gym instructors and it became I wanted to look like them. I can't be a gym instructor unless I'm completely buff. And then I went from my 55 kilo goal um, to 60 kilos. 60 kilos was it. I can't go above 60 kilos because I'd put on muscle. So I couldn't go above 60 kilos because then, of course, I was failing and I wasn't good enough and I wasn't sexy and I wasn't lovable. So I had to keep myself at 60 kilos in my head, still weighing myself clearly. Then following that, the calorie counting kicked in and I downloaded an app called MyFitnessPal and um, on this app, I um, like religiously, religiously trying to keep myself in that green. Like, woohoo, I, I only ate 1,200 calories today because apparently that's how many all women have to eat. I don't know if you ever remember that craze. 1,200 calories. It was kind of around the Michelle Bridges um, biggest loser type era where 1,200 calories, 1,200 calories, 1,200 calories like it was the magic number. For every single person on the planet because we're all the fucking same. So 1,200 calories was what I was doing. Um, if I only ate 800, I was like, yes. If I was 800 in deficit, which means that I burnt more than I ate, then yes. And it was just, it was still an obsession. I was telling myself I was healthy. Um, my exercise obsession came and went where I'd relax myself and just be like, you know what? Like, because the thing is, guys... When you're in this state, it's an all or nothing state. It's go hard or go home. Do it all or don't do anything at all. And so if I couldn't do it all, I'd do nothing. And then I'd go into the guilt of not doing anything. Fuck, I haven't done anything. And then I'd guilt myself into doing something. But it would be so hard because I hadn't done anything for a while. So I was like, this is pointless. Or what's the point if I can't go for a run or can't train this hard or lift those weights? And what's the point? Like that all or nothing struggle was real and it lasted for years and years and years and years. So fast forward... I'm now, um, I've had a child. I've had my beautiful Hunter. Following Hunter, mm, I'm trying to think where I was. I owned my own personal training business. I was operating from home in my garage. I was still very exercise focused, eating focused, still restrictive on some, at some sense. Where it peaked for me was just before I had and just after I had Maddox. Before I had Maddox, I was lean as fuck. Like my body was ripped. I wasn't trying to do that. It was just my obsession with, well, no, that's a lie. Part of me was, of course I was. But it was just an obsession with exercise. And and I, and I was actually focused on being stronger and healthier and wanting to like run faster and get my time better and my, my weight higher that I lifted, wanted to lift more, get my strength up, all those sort of things. But at the end of the day, it was all about the body. And there was an egoic part of me that was like, I've got this body, like I'm sexy, I'm amazing, I'm like, I'm a good catch with this body. Even though I didn't truly believe that, I was masking my lack and my, um, like my lack of self-love and my lack of self-belief and my lack of worth with convincing myself that because I had reached this ultimate goal that I wanted for years and years, that I was 
awesome. I was enough. And what I realized looking back is that I only loved my body when she looked a certain way. I was like, I love myself. Of course I love myself. Why wouldn't I? Like, <laughs> And, you know, it's not like I'm a nasty person through all this. I'm a pretty decent human being through this process. Like, I've said shit and done shit and heard people in the process. Of course I have. I'm not fucking perfect. But at the end of the day, I would consider myself through all of this still a pretty okay human being. Like, not as funny as I am now, but pretty decent human being. But I only love my body egoically because she looked a certain way. But 100% convinced myself I loved myself and loved my body. And I was finally fitting in. I was the body. I was this. I was that. I was, you know, that pinnacle that I thought I had reached. Until I fell pregnant with Maddox. (laughs) And having doing that, of course, my body, I didn't move my body in the same way. And I was in a, not a high risk pregnancy zone, but it was a to be watched pregnancy zone because I was spotting during, I spotted during Hunter and everything was fine. And I started to spot with Maddox as well. So of course, rest, 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 rest. I'm creating a human being, of course. Like I didn't want to crazy, do my crazy 10. I was running 10 Ks every single day or at least five times a week. And then, you know, just a, just a, just a chilled 5K on the weekend each day. <laughs> crazy. And on top of instructing at this time, before I fell pregnant with Maddox, I was instructing 10 to 15 classes a week at the gym I worked at, plus training clients, which I run with, train with, help, lift, spot, all the things, plus doing my own training of weights or agility or whatever with the other trainers in the gym. We used to have like a group training session couple times a week or I'd go do my own training in the weights room with all the boys the boys the boys so and god it smells in there man have you ever been in a dude's weight room like it's not a dude's weight room it's in everybody's weight room but the dudes like monopolize it and it's fucking stinks it's like protein shakes and farts it's so gross anywho so I was doing all of that Pregnant with Maddox. Maddox was a beautiful surprise. He was my little Upadays baby. Clearly he wanted to come through because he was definitely determined. Not like his personality now at all. Not. <laughs> Tenacious much. And he came through. So I was pregnant with him. Having to rest more often than I liked. Struggling with the fact. Like really wrestling mentally with the fact that I couldn't move my body as often as I wanted to. As often as I was previous to that really wrestling with the fact that I was craving stuff that I didn't normally eat, like bread. Ham and cheese sandwiches at the time were my go-to. And just like, that's all I felt like, ham and cheese. Ham and cheese toasties, ham and cheese toasties. Um, so it was a real mindfuck for me. And my body changed. Of course it changed. I was creating a human being, but it changed. And I put on, I had on body fat, like I had body fat. After having Max, I had still had body fat. For me, like for me in my head, it was crazy a lot but it really wasn't like I don't mean to sound like I'm exaggerating this guys I'm just like this is from my perspective and how I viewed my body and this is the point I'm going to make that's what body image is it's how you see your body it's not actually how it is body dysmorphia is a great part of body image and not great as in wonderful great as in large (laughs) just to clarify so it changed and I realized fuck like my self-esteem and my self-worth and my everything took a hit And it was this realization of, you know what, I don't love myself because if I did, how my body actually looked after birthing this beautiful child wouldn't really fucking matter. It wouldn't matter. I wouldn't be, you know, eager to get back into excessive exercise and strict eating 
I wouldn't be eager to do that. Like, holy shit. So I went into a nothing point, that all or nothing. I was like, can't do any of it, won't do it, won't do any of it. Can't do what I want to do to the extent and the excessiveness that I'm obsessed and addicted to, then I won't do anything. So I didn't for a while until I just decided like it's time to start moving my body again. But I didn't ease into it. I didn't go walk for walks. I still went for runs. It was that all or nothing again. And this is the game we play. It's so fucking exhausting. Nothing. Guilt. Excessive. Go nuts. Punish my body. Because it is. It's a punishment. We're punishing our bodies. I don't like this part of my body. I hate this part of my body. Therefore, I will move my body. I will run like a crazy person. I will restrict my eating like a mofo. I will do all the things because I'm coming from hate. And that never works. Never fucking works long term. You can't choose long term choice for anything in your life when it comes from hate. So that's pretty much my journey. And it's been after, well, not pretty much. That was it in a nutshell around my eating and my body. I leaned out my body again after I had Maddox. And was, you know, got back to being pretty fucking lean. Got the six pack back and all the things. And I was like, ah, good. I love myself again. And it was about four years ago, just before I used to, uh, just before I relocated um, states. Went from, I moved from New South Wales in Australia to Victoria in Australia. And I realized after moving away from all of that place that I was used to being the person with the body. Because it was part of my identity. I was known as the fit chick. Like, that's the fit chick, isn't it? She's that chick with the shoulders and the muscles and the stuff. Yep, that's her. It was part of my identity, so I felt like I had to maintain it. Um, I felt like, like, who am I? Who am I without this body? Who am I with if I don't look a certain way? Like, who the fuck is under all that? And you know what? I got to find out. Because after moving and looking at myself now, I have the most body fat that I've ever had before in my life. Even when I was pregnant, I didn't have this much body fat. And... Again, this is my, it's in comparison to the body fat I didn't have versus the body fat I now have because it's still not, you know, an inordinate amount of body fat, but it's still a lot for me. And what I've discovered in those, in the last three to four years of my body changing is like, (laughs) I was like, holy shit, this is like a universal journey that has been delivered to me where I've made choices in such a way that have changed my body so I have or I do hold the most body fat that I that I could to be able to test my love for myself. Can you love yourself when you when you uh, the, you know what you would consider what I this is I'm speaking on behalf of the universe to myself right now guys. I should use like a I am the great and powerful Oz. I should use that voice. But the universe, I felt like the universe was like I'm going to support you in making choices that you're going to accumulate body fat so you can actually learn how to love yourself when your body doesn't look a certain way. If you choose to change your body again, great. But you'll be coming from a place of self-love and it won't matter what you look like. It'll matter how you feel. That was how I felt the universe delivered how my body looks now. Like looking back, I didn't know this at the time. This has been like a revelation in the last probably 12 months to two years where I'm like, holy shit. This is this is this is for me. This body fat is for me. I've I've I have this body fat because it's showing me that I can actually love myself and love my body without it looking a certain way. And guys, I can say I can sit here like hand on heart and say to you, I love my body more now than I did when I had a six pack. 
I am so fucking in love with my body. Do I sometimes have those whole, oh, I wish I had my shoulders back and I wish I was lean and muscular? Of course. Of course I do. I'm fucking human. I'm not like this enlightened, I love my body and there's nothing that can break that ever. I absolutely have those incremental little uh, egoic moments where I'm like, I just got to get this and get back and get strict and blah, 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 and control, control, control. But they don't define me. I don't choose from that anymore. I don't choose what I need for my body, what my body asks of me from that space. Um, I love how I nourish her. Could it, could it be better? Of course. Of course it could. Of course it could. It can, it's always changing and evolving. And I'm at a space now where I'm like, you know what? I really want to feel fit and strong. How that looks is completely up to my body. My body will shift and change how she feels she needs to according to that. I'm not attached to, I want to be fit and strong, therefore my body has to emulate that. And if I don't look a certain way, then it's not working. Have you ever done that? Where you're like, I've been running and I've been eating really healthy and I don't look any different. Like, so fucking what? Do you feel different? Because if you're running and eating and exercising and working out to look a certain way, if that's your primary focus, it can be incorporated. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, to, to look a certain way if it's not your primary focus. Because if it is, you're fucked. It's a slippery slope. It's like having a brand new car and you're like, as long as my car stays brand new, if it smells brand new, continues to look shiny, never gets a scratch on it, then I will be worthy, I will be deserving, and I will love myself. And the moment that car gets a scratch on the door because someone in the car park opens their door onto yours, you're like, fuck, I have to start again. I have to start again. I'll start again Monday. (laughs) My beautiful shiny car is dinted now and it's not the same. I can't love myself the same if it looks different to how I invested in it. Does that make sense, guys? I'm hypothetically asking because you can't really answer, can you? So that was my little journey. So the last three to four years... And um, in the last probably uh, probably a few months, I've been choosing differently, moving differently, um, honoring my body in, in more powerful ways. But that's been my journey with my body. Now, a couple of lessons I've learned along the way that I want to share with you. First of all, I've said this before, body image is in your mind. If you are a woman who thinks that another girl you see who hates her body and you're like, you've got no reason to hate your body. You look gorgeous. You've got, you're perfect. You're this, you're that, you're toned, you're fit, you're tiny, you're a size, whatever. You've, you know, it's almost like that. You're not entitled to love your body. I mean, sorry, you're not entitled to hate your body because you look like that. You've got no right. Look at me. I've got cellulite and fat and rolls and all the things and I can't sit up because my stomach gets in the way and my boobs get sweated and crack sweat and back sweat and all the things and you look like that and you hate your body. Fuck you. That is not the energy we need, guys. Body image is in your head. It's an image. Image is in the mind. So please show compassion for all our rebel sisters who experience body image, no matter what they look at, because it's a mind fuck. It doesn't matter. I've I've been around the most stunning, like physically stunning women who you look at and you're just like, oh my God, you're just so beautiful, like so attractive, so gorgeous, whatever you feel, like whatever the words are. And they, they pick themselves to pieces. Oh no, I wish I, was, I had less of this and more of that or tinier this or bigger that. Like I said, we all experience it and we don't get to cause 
or create separation amongst us beautiful women because we think some of us are more worthy of having body image issues than others. It's in the mind, guys. It totally is because I've been through all different shapes and sizes in my body and it is totally how I look at it. I've, I've achieved what I would have deemed my perfect ideal body and still had body image issues. It's not a look. It's a, it's a feel. So first of all, know that. Second of all, body fat can and more often is armor. And what I mean by that is, and I can 100% contest to this and I'll share my other version of this, the body fat that you wear, and I use wear intentionally, the word wear, is protecting you. Our body is constantly, our mind, our ego is constantly trying to keep us safe. If you feel physically unsafe in any way, shape or form from your past and in your present and potentially in your future, you will, your body will create different ways to protect you. That's where fear comes in. Like, no, don't go down that dark alley. Don't speak to that stranger. Don't get in that car. Don't go home with this dude. All of that stuff. In addition to, and I will speak into, I'm not going to use names obviously, but I have had quite a number of beautiful women who I've worked with in coaching who have held a lot of body fat on their bodies. And when we got down to it, they had experienced some sort of sexual, physical, trauma, abuse, um, rape, something along those lines where they felt physically unsafe in the body that they were in. So your body creates armor because you feel like, you know, bigger, you're a bigger threat. When you're bigger, you're more of a threat. That's our survival instinct. That's our, our reptilian caveman brain. Also, if you don't look the way that you looked when you were abused, if you, do, if you look less attractive in the eyes of the male counterparts, then you're safe. So your body will hold fat. And if you are still carrying those fears, if you are still carrying those traumas, if you are still carrying those pains and beliefs and experiences energetically in your body, no matter what you do, your body's still going to come back to default and the body fat will come back. This is why diets don't work. This is why you've probably heard me talk about food is just the symptom. How you eat, if you're an emotional eater, if you're an excessive eater, if you're an emotional starver, if you're like on track, off track, if you start again Monday, if you're a calorie counter, all those things, they're just symptoms. So addressing the food itself and, and on its own is not enough. It's not enough. It's just the symptom of something going on underneath that's driving those choices to eat, to not eat, to sabotage, to all the other stuff. And that's why we wear fat as an armor. As armor. When I moved from New South Wales to Victoria, I moved away from two domestically violent men that I had been involved in. And I have been fighting my body for so long to keep the fat off, fighting, fighting, fighting in constant fight and struggle and fear of if I put on fat and if I look like that and all, all the stories around my body image. And when I moved to Victoria, it was like I finally was like, ah, oh, I was able to like release that fear of um, trying to constantly make my body look a certain way because I chose to focus on something else. I chose to work internally I was like I need to work on myself and that's when my self-development journey started powerfully it started years and years before but 
started in a massive way back then. And so that's part of the reason why I started to hold body fat. It's my ar- It was my armor. And now that I have worked on myself and I'm releasing all of that stuff and I'm not constantly punishing my body and exercising like a crazy person and restricting my eating like a crazy person, trying to maintain this look, once I let that go and I worked on myself from the inside, my fat is changing without me even trying. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just healing what needs to be healed to release my armor to know that I am safe. And if you are listening to this, my love, you are safe and you get to remind your body of that. If you take nothing else away from anything I say today, I want you to know that you get to remind yourself that you're safe. I am safe. Tell your body you're safe. I am safe. In this moment, I'm safe. All my needs are met. I'm safe. Because your body is acting from feeling unsafe. And that's why we hold body fat. A couple of other things that I have learned along my way that I, I want you to hear as well. Dress to feel sexy, girlfriend. Like dress to feel your version of sexy. Like I know comfortable is great and you can still be comfortable and sexy. For me, comfortable and sexy looks like a t-shirt with a skirt. That nice feminine flow. And I feel sexy in skirts now because I'm such a shorts and pants girl. Like I remember as a kid, my mum would try to put me in stockings and dresses and pinafores and patent leather shoes. I'm like, gah, put me in my little terry-tailing shorts with the ice cream on them. I remember them very clearly. And and bare feet, I just don't want all these. Because I've always been like tomboyish. So that's just been my energy and, and who I be. Um, so yeah, dress to feel sexy, honey. Like don't don't save the outfits for special occasions. Don't save the sexy underwear underwear until somebody else sees it. I'm saving this for this date that I've got or saving this for my boyfriend or my husband. Wear it now. Wear that 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 sexy stuff now and start to own your body. I did I do a lot I do a lot of them, but I did a recent post on Instagram if you want to go check that out. And it's me dancing in my bra and undies um, in slow motion and jiggling all my fat. Like own it. Confidence is sexy. Confidence is how you show up and how you feel. It's not how you look. Because you can have the most physically stunning woman in the world and if she's not confident, her sexiness level drops. You're like, oh, she just doesn't love herself though. She's insecure and she thinks she's fat. And like, if you have that going on, your confidence will drop. So own it. Start to own your body. And don't think that they, whoever they is, whether it's the partner, the future partner, the friends, the whatever, they will love you when you're skinny. No, you don't need to wait until that. And do you really want them to love you only when you're skinny? Do you really want that type of person in your life or people in your life? Skinny is not, it's not the end result. It's not the goal. And if you're listening to this and you are a lean, um, beautiful woman, like fantastic. Like own that too, babe. Own that too, because you know what? I also know plenty of lean women who are actually trying to put on weight. And people look at them and like, oh, you're so skinny. I wish you looked like you. And they're like, oh, I just wish I had I had more weight on me. I don't want all these bones. I feel awkward. And I feel like people look at me and think I've got some sort of eating disorder, but I'm just naturally, naturally lean. Like everyone's going through their thing. Whatever your body is, no, no matter what it looks like, own it. And I'm going to put some awesome Instagram pages that you can follow of beautiful women owning their bodies just as is. Um, I follow these women and they're fucking amazing. And 
um, they will inspire you to, to own your body as well, to own it and just fucking go with it. Like, geez, do you really want to waste your life? Do you want to lie on your death, deathbed and think, oh, I wasted so much time worrying about my body and here it is lying in my final breaths and it's about to, I'm about to leave this body and all I've done is like hate on it and tell it it's not enough and want it to change and look different until I loved it and like, holy, sh- holy hell. And on your deathbed, are you really going to lie there and say, oh, I wish I had lost five kilos. I wish I had got down to a size 10. Oh, my God, my life is wasted. I didn't lose my love handles and I've got cellulite. No, you're fucking not. So don't waste your life worrying about your body. You're not at war with your body. Love her. She holds you. She is here. She is your home. And just a little side note, something I've learned along the way, you are not your body. And what I mean by that is, It is literally your home. She is your home. It is not who you are. Your soul exists within this body. Your energy, your spirit exists within this body in a human physical form, but it's not who you are. You're temporarily just hanging out in this vessel to to utilize that vessel to get you to where you need to go and achieve your fucking dreams because without that body, you can't. And if you don't have your health and you don't have your body, you've got nothing. You've got nothing in this in this lifetime. So start loving on her and taking care of her for fuck's sake, woman. And the last thing I want to say is understand it's a journey. There is no quick fix to loving your body. There is no quick fix to accepting your body. It's a journey. Like I said, I still have the whole, my ego comes in and goes, wow, if you could get your shoulders back, you'd feel so much better. I'm like, shush, shush ego, pipe down. Back in your corner, you can't sit with us. Not today. It's still going to be there. That voice will still be there. But it's how you choose to operate from that voice. It's how you choose to make decisions from that voice. It's a journey, my sweetheart, but it starts today. It starts in this moment. Start to understand about all the things that I spoke about. Start to learn that you have been taught to not love your body. You have been taught to not feel good enough. You have been taught that you need to fit in, to be loved, to be sexy, to be enough. And I'm telling you now, fuck that. Fuck that. Stand up and take ownership and empowerment of your beautiful body and stop letting other people dictate what you should do with it and how you should feed it and how you should work it and how you should move it and how you should look. Stand up and take ownership of your beautiful body and own that motherfucker today. Start doing it today. Nothing changes unless nothing changes, right? She is gorgeous. I don't even need to see her to tell you that. She is amazing. Bumps, cellulite, rolls, creases, whatever you've got going on, hair. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, honey. That's not why you're here. Just own your body. And the more that you do that, the more comments that will come your way that used to affect you around your body won't. I get them. I get them from social media. I remember one slow motion uh, video I did of me jumping up and down and really shaking my body to, to make sure that my body fat jiggled and jumped and I, everyone could see that. That was my whole point. I got messages. I got DMs. Did you say you're single? Ha. Huh. No surprise. I can't remember exactly what they said, but I'm just paraphrasing. There was another one that told me I was a fat pig. There was another one that told me I, I shouldn't be seen. I shouldn't be doing that in public. That's disgusting. Another one should told, told me that... Um, Like, I'm all for loving your body, but maybe you should do something about also changing it. (laughs) Like, well, thanks, sweetie. 
And that's another thing too, like loving and accepting your body isn't complacency. I say this all the time. It's not going, I love my body, therefore I'll just do whatever the fuck I want. Like, yeah, but you, you get to also make sure that those choices you're making for your body are serving you and not disabling it and not making her feel like shit and operate like shit and putting toxins and, and causing inflammation. Like, it's not complacency. It's like, I love my body, therefore I choose the following. That's loving your body. I choose the stuff that nourishes her and supports her and, and gets her to thrive. Not, I love my body, so I don't have to give a shit. So let's down that chocolate cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Let's drink the soda. Let's smoke the drugs. Let's do the stuff. Like, that's not, that's it. That's not what loving your body looks like. Just FYI. All right, my darlings, I think that's it for today. I hope you got something from that. Please let me know. I love to hear back from you amazing, amazing peeps. So please let me know if you got something from that. Um, Leave a little review, an honest one. Whether you liked it or not, I'm up for the review. So please do that. And some stars should you choose. And if you really do want to stand up and say fuck that to the stuff in your life, around your body, around all the shoulds, like you should look like this and you've got to wait till you look like that and you're skinny and... And if you really just want to pave your own way and do things your way and work out what that looks like and how to feel confident in your own skin and be able to speak your truth from a place of knowing this, like that's who you are. Have you ever said anything and you're like, I say this thing, but I don't feel it? No, you get to actually feel it. It doesn't just get to be words. What you're saying and standing up for and speaking about in your life gets to be felt in your body like you get to feel it like I love myself and feel it oh my body is amazing and feel it fuck I'm awesome and feel it they don't get to be just words if you're ready to stand up and actually feel all that you get to come in and join me in Rebel Unique this is my membership program for women who are ready to take themselves on in such a powerful way that they show up differently to themselves and to all those around them. They show up differently in their lives, in their day-to-day, with confidence, knowing who the fuck they are. You get to come in and be your beautiful self more and more and more and more. And you get to do it for free. I've got a free 30-day trial. It's for women only. Sorry, dudes. (laughs) So come in and give it a go. It's for women all walks of life, all shapes, colors, sizes, whoever you are. If you resonate with my message and you resonate with this podcast and you're like, fuck yes, then this is for you. So come on in. First month is free. It's your free trial. I'll put the link in the notes. Or you can just go to www.rebelunique.com. And Rebel Unique is spelled just like this podcast. R-E-B-E-L-Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E. Rebelunique.com. Go check it out. All right, gorgeous peeps, thanks for listening again. So glad to be back. It feels amazing. I feel like this was a beautiful episode to, to make my little return return with. And I will be back in next week. Thanks, guys. Stay true to you. Be your beautiful self and rebel against the fucking shoulds. Like, fuck that. See you, guys. Thanks for listening today, guys. And a side note, don't forget to unfollow all those social media accounts that aren't making you feel enough. And also, don't
don't forget to leave a review and some stars to spread this message. Bye.